0: This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to
1: the Andrea Kay Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 107 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay.
2: Good evening and welcome to the Andrea Kay Show right here Monday night, 8 p.m., KCBQ, AM 1170. Sharing the studio with me tonight is none other than DJ Carrot Sticks. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I think we need to come up with a new name for you, though, for 2016.
0: No, I love that. If I ever was a real DJ, I would go by DJ Carrot Sticks. You would. Yeah. I All love right.
2: It. Well, then we'll keep it.
0: It's so original.
2: Yeah. Why? You know? Why mess with success? Right. <laughs> uh, speaking with messing with success. Uh, tomorrow night is the final. Barack Obama, State of the Union address, and he's going to be focusing on all of his many successes. Cue the laugh track.
0: Uh, I was going to say it's going to be real short.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if he's actually going to legitimately, with any honesty, quote any successes, well, it depends on how you define success. If you define success by actually going into office, not really ever truly explaining what you meant. When you were going to transform America and then actually undermining everything American, everything that made this country great, and transform it into the multicultural cesspool that we see going on right now in Europe, and doing it in part through executive orders of which you're not constitutionally allowed to do, then yeah, I guess you might consider that a success. Mm-hmm, yeah. Good with the cue. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? I don't think there's any American out there that actually considers America right now successful. At least not where we could be or should be. Not when we have $20 trillion in debt. Not when we have the rampant takeover of within from a couple of different groups. Takeover from within with the Islamo fascists that are working really hard to assist Barack Obama in the transformation of us into a multicultural cesspool. But also the the takeover from within of the takers who want to take from the makers. We're almost at 50%. Romney, for some reason, just, you know, decided to lay down when he got busted speaking the truth about the 47% that couldn't be swayed. Obviously he was close to the truth because Hillary Clinton has almost forty seven percent support in this country, which means that 47% of the country don't care at all about the State of the Union. They don't care at all about whether or not we are successful by any historical standard of success, which made us the greatest country in the world. All they care about is whatever they think they're going to get for free. Of course, you and I understand that there is no such thing as free. A lot of Americans these days, because the left successfully took over our education system in the media... A lot of Americans don't understand the basic economics of the fact that there is no such thing as free. There's no such thing as government money. First lesson in economics. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Didn't we all see that poor girl who was raised in the million-dollar home in Chicago, went to private schools, and is now going to a university, costing her parents $36,000 a year? Did we not see her humiliated by Neil Cavuto on Fox News when she was talking about the great Bernie Sanders? She was feeling the burn. And love the idea that he was putting out there free stuff. And then when he started asking her just some bait, how did she get, graduate high school, let alone get into a college? She couldn't answer the most basic questions about how anything was going to get paid for. We have a Republican debate coming up Thursday night. I will be watching the State of the Union address tomorrow night. And I will be reporting on it tomorrow after the show. I don't know. Yet, other than the veiled, he's going to talk about his successes. I don't really know what else he's planning in terms of detail. Usually, you know, they put out their speech in advance, a copy of it. That should probably come out sometime tomorrow. I'll be getting into the details on tomorrow night's show. What we do know is that in spite of the hundreds of women and European women who were raped and mauled and attacked by Syrian refugees. They were rape, rape, rape. I can't remember the term Pamela Geller came up with. I have to Google it during the break break. She came up with a term that combined rape and refugee. In spite of that, he, in, in spite of the fact that two refugees were arrested last week because they were plotting to commit acts of terror and oh. Cue the shock face. Well, I guess you can't cue the shock face in radio, but they lied on their immigration to get here. Oh, congratulations. The government thwarted terrorist attacks. Well, you know how to thwart terrorist attacks from refugees coming here to commit terrorist attacks? You don't let them in. But in spite of that, in spite of prior to that, San Bernardino, woman brought here on a fiancee weave, <laughs> waiver, visa waiver, fiancee visa, after studying The core that is Islam in its most basic form, what they want to call extremists, which is really the purest form of Islam in a madrasa, came here and did what she came here to do. And that was shot up, innocent Americans. In spite of all that, what's he going to do tomorrow? He's going to prop up a Syrian refugee next to Michelle Obama. Although, make no mistake about it, everybody else sitting around in that area is going to be armed to the teeth. Although I don't think between you and me, Michelle's got anything to worry about in terms of any New Year's Eve style attack on her for a variety of reasons. But just like in the town hall meeting that Obama had in which, you know, they're going to flood us. He is going to do everything he can to flood America with these terrorists who want to come here and do us harm. What's his focus? His focus and what he's going to talk about tomorrow night, I predict is going to be what he's going to successfully try to get over on us in terms of attacks on the Second Amendment. Because while there's nothing being done, they don't care what the background is of these people coming here. If you're coming out of an Islamic country over there, you got no business coming here. There's my background check. In spite of any of that, what's his focus? It's on trying to disarm America. He says in this town hall meeting, oh, there's these conspiracies out there that I'm trying to take guns away. What a tell that is. Obama would never want to play poker with me. I mean, it's pretty obvious what his tells are. He brought that up because it's exactly what he's trying to do. Why is it every time there's been some mass shooting, why is it that he says, we might need to think about what Britain And Australia did. Well, what did Britain and Australia do? Full gun confiscation. And here in San Diego, we had a police chief, Sheriff Lansdowne, who said what the left has been wanting. And he said, we can disarm Americans within 10 years. And if they can't do it through gun confiscation, there's a few other ways that I think they're going to try to go about it. And he may be announcing that tomorrow night in his State of the Union. He may try to successfully Get guns as much as possible. I think when he said 300 million guns in American households, how is he going to get them all? Well, maybe one way that he can go about it is trying to confiscate and get rid of any um, ammunition companies. Maybe one way he's going to try to successfully go about that in terms of disarming Americans is through executive order. Come up with, come up with a law that can hold gun manufacturers responsible for any mass killings. Just put them out of business. He's put the coal industry out of business. Why not? Pretty much putting, doing as much as they can to put the healthcare business out of business. Certainly making it difficult for Americans to go see a doctor or get any healthcare. Is he going to talk about Obamacare being a success? Oh, I really hope he does. Because there ain't ain't very many Americans out there, even Democrats, who consider that piece of doo-doo a success. I don't really know what else he can talk about in terms of his success. So I think that what he's really going to do is basically telegraph to us how he is going to complete the transformation on America and try to sell it to us as though that's a good thing. And I'm hoping that the Republican party, when Thursday rolls around, does, I'm hoping everybody on that stage Does a full-on, no-holds-bar, Trump-style attack on him and the Democrats? Because as we're going into Iowa, as we're going into New Hampshire, now is the time for the Republican Party to start. Don't pull any punches on the left and what their transformation is about. We're going to talk about, that's enough about the State of the Union address. I'm going to deal with that tomorrow night. But the rest of the show tonight, we're going to talk about Hillary. We're going to talk about recent developments with her. We're going to talk about what's going on in Philadelphia. We're going to talk about some of the the issues going on with the gun control and that. We're actually even going to have a little fun, Todd, and we're going to talk about the Golden Globes. And, of course, tonight's music, all the bumper music tonight, is actually in homage to David Bowie. I wasn't the biggest David Bowie fan in the world, but I did love a lot of his music and he truly was a genius. Even if you didn't love his music, you got to admit the man was a genius as an artist. So tonight's music is dedicated to David Bowie and tonight's show is dedicated to all you Andre K show friends and family out there. Love you all. Stay tuned.
3: My little tiny girl.
1: Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E.
2: Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help
1: Convenient, homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food Roll tacos, California burritos and don't forget your salsa Sombrero
3: Mexican food We get it too
1: You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show On AM 1170, The Answer
2: Welcome back to The Andrea Kay Show Glad to have you here with me You know, I had forgotten how much David Bowie music that I liked. Okay, thank you, John Norton. It is rape-fugee. That's a good term. I love it. You know what? We need to start taking back. The left does such a great job in terms of the verbiage and in terms of the way that they wordsmith politics far better than the Republican Party. And we should probably, as a community on Facebook, start coming up with better words that we can I mean, I really think I say this with complete sincerity. The most brilliant people in America, I think, are on my Facebook wall and our Facebook friends and, and Twitter friends with me. You guys are so smart. We should come up with a list of words because the Democrats, they're able to wordsmith and sell their positions no matter how despicable. They're able to sell it because they wordsmith it so well. And the Republican Party does a bad job of that. And we've got to get better at it. Because if we have 47% of the American public who wants to take from the makers, how are we going to sell? Opportunity. Opportunity don't sound as good as somebody giving you something. but we got to figure out a way to sell it because our futures are at stake. Um, I think I'm not sure if it was Doug or, or Dan uh, this morning who wanted me to talk about the stock market. I do want to get into the stock market. That's one of the things that I didn't have time to research today. I think I talked about it in last week's show because we had the first, the worst I think Dow open in twenty something years in terms of the first Dow opening of a, of a new year, and a lot of experts were saying that it was a sign of, of a lot of volatility this year. And so one of the things that I want to do in this year's Andrea Kay show is I want to bring more business. And I've got time to do this now that I'm not doing close up on San Diego business anymore with Barry, which I do miss. It was truly a labor of love, but it opens up opportunities for me to bring more business and economics and other things to the Andrea Kay show because I've got more time now to expand what I'm doing here. And I really do want to get into that because as much as people are upset about radical Islam and terrorism and what's going on here right now, People are equally, if not more, upset about the economics because when you're a mom, a single mom right now, you know, the left loves to try to talk and, and act as though they own the working class vote. But really, we've got to jumpstart this economy. And when you've got single moms out there or even when you've got husbands and wives and you've got married, a married couple out there, you know how much it cost? to raise a family, I don't know about every all the states where all my listeners are listening, but here in California, you've got to be into some decent six figures here. And you know what? People aren't making it. And the cost of everything has gone up. And you've got people wondering, oh, the, the old mantra of, you know, give a little, save a little, and spend a little. Who's got money, extra money to save? Nobody's got money to save. People, people are scared to death. They don't know how they're going to put their kids through school. They don't know how they're going to save for retirement. They know Social Security is going broke. The economics are still going to be a really critical issue going into this election. And so I am going to spend a little bit more time going into economics. Um, I was on a show today, it actually aired tonight at seven o'clock, and I was really honored to be on there. It was my first time to go on the show. It was called Tipping Point on One America News. Great host, Liz Wheeler. Um, young gal but a future just amazing talent really cool cool gal wish that had more time to just kind of hang out with her and and chat with her because i just loved the fact that here was this young gal uh millennial and she is so conservative and she is so dialed in to conservatism and they're uh, you know I wish I had time to pick her brain in terms of what exactly was the message that conservatives and Republicans said to her that won her over? Was it her own understanding and her own... Mindset Was it just really her own belief system and her own value system that led her to that? Or or was she persuaded by somebody? And if so, how? Because there's gotta be, I, we know that there's a whole lot of Liz Wheelers out there, millennials that get it. One of the things she was talking about today on the show was she was talking about Planned Parenthood. And she says what's, what the Debbie Wasserman Schultz don't seem to understand with some of the millennials is that her age group, these are people that were born after Roe v. Wade. So that means that her generation, as she says, were all born out of choice, that their mothers chose to have them. And that means a heck of a lot to them. And on top of it, she says, in this generation, this is the generation of science. She says, we see the images. We see what's inside that womb and we know it's not a clump of cells. And it really got me thinking about, again, about how Republicans can do a better job of articulating because we are right on every issue. And right now, as we go into the primaries, there's still a lot. It's clear when you look at how far ahead Cruz, even though Cruz is uh, sitting in, in a congressman, a congressperson, he's still considered an outsider You got Trump still, you know, obviously considered an outsider. Nobody thought he would still be in the lead. This is truly the year of outsiders. But now a lot of Republicans are getting really scared because they're starting to hear this narrative that neither one of these guys can really win. Neither one of these guys can really persuade the Liz Wheelers, the millennials. Neither of these guys can persuade the independents. So I'm really curious, and I'm going to be looking at Thursday's debate because we found out tonight that Rand Paul and Carly Fiorina And Chris Christie and I think Kasich are are not going to be on the big stage. Rand Paul says he's just not going to go at this point. So it's really looking as though through attrition, it's getting narrowed down. And we really are down to Cruz, Trump, and Rubio pretty much. You're going to have some hangers on. I I don't think Bush is going to throw in the towel anytime soon. Um, But some people are starting to get nervous that those guys can't win and can't beat Hillary. So, and the time is running out as we get into the primaries. And then once people start voting in these primaries, it kind of starts to take on a life of its own. I'm curious as to what you think. Can these guys, are, are they electable? Will they be helped if we found out this week, now you and I, all my listeners, we all know what the deal is with Hillary. We all know that she broke the Records Act. We all know that she's broken the Espionage Act. We all know that but for a gutless GOP and a corrupt DOJ, She would be, having already done a perp walk. Well, I guess it's getting to a critical point where people within the FBI are signaling to other people that an indictment is coming. I will believe it when I see it. Um, In spite of the fact that uh, New Year's Eve, more emails were released. I think it's upwards of 1,300 classified emails were on her server. It should only take one before somebody's in flex cuffs. She intentionally set up that server. It was not an accident. She intentionally violated the Espionage Act. On top of it now, the FBI is, is expanding their probe to include something called the public corruption charge. And I guess that's because she instructed her staff to remove the classification. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't think she's going anywhere. I think that if she does go anywhere, it's because they're starting to get nervous over poll numbers with Bernie. And they don't think that she's going to be able to beat Bernie. And they're starting to get nervous and they're, they're going to push Biden. But I don't think she's going to do a perk walk. Todd, do you think there's any chance of Hillary?
0: No, not at all.
2: No. I don't either. And I'm not buying into the the conspiracy that Obama hates Hillary and really wants Biden. He is such an ideologue. People, people like O'Reilly say, oh, Hillary's not a progressive. Oh, she's a capitalist. Look how much money she's made. Just because she enjoys making money herself, isn't that what all the despots do? They amass massive amounts of wealth while the little people, the little peasants have nothing? That means that she's a capitalist? Come on, how dumb are you? Oh yeah, he went to the Harvard School of Business. Huh. Anyway... So that will be curious to see uh, what happens with that, um, whether or not, I think if she loses Iowa, Bernie's got a solid lead in New Hampshire. She loses Iowa, they push her out. She fakes an aneurysm or something and has some kind of medical issue and they they put forth Biden is what I think is going to happen there. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Andrea e. K Show right here on AM 1170, the answer. So in Philadelphia, did you see the the video, Todd, of the cop being attacked? No, I didn't. Yeah. Horrifying video. Um, Man in Islamic garb goes up to, I think he had his face covered though, goes up to a cop car, puts his gun through the window, starts shooting. Just absolutely horrific. The guy's alive. He, he he was shot at 13 times. I think only three bullets um, actually hit him, which is kind of amazing because, you know, I mean, he was at like practically point blank range. I mean, good grief. You know, I, I could have taken the head off a cockroach mm. at that, at that, you know, at that close of a range. Um, but immediately afterwards, we've got the mayor, the new mayor. He, the, oh, by the way, Todd, I don't know if you know, but he's he's like practically screaming, I'm doing this in the name of Islam all over the place. He tells the cops I'm doing it in the name of Islam. The mayor comes out and says immediately, oh, you know, make no mistake about it. And this in no way, shape or form, does this have anything to do with Islam? And I'm thinking, really, are you an expert in the Quran? Are you new mayor slash imam? Are we now under complete Sharia in, uh, in Philadelphia? So much to the point to where the mayor is actually now speaking on behalf of Islam. What happened to separation of church and state? Now we find out today, Todd, that I guess, and of course, you know, they're scratching their head, Todd, trying to figure out well, what the motivation is of this guy while he's screaming that it's about Islam. So now we find out, I guess, that there's three... Other guys from his mosque and of course, you know, the Muslim advocacy group say he really wasn't a devout Muslim, even though he went to the mosque every Friday, I guess he's got three other dudes that are um, from that same mosque that are part of his group. And now there's but they're still trying to act as though they're not sure, you know, what this was about. Um, I don't I don't know whether there's other three guys, you know, the Philly police are on edge. Right now, wondering if they they put them now going out in, you know, groups kind of like what we used to do in college. You know, don't walk the campus alone. Take a girlfriend with you. Oh, like that's going to really stop. look Look at the women that were assaulted on New Year's Eve. You know, they're still sitting ducks. The two cops who got shot in point blank range in New York City in the head were in a car together. So how much, and on top of it, what's getting very little coverage is not only was this done in the name of Islam, not only do we have, you know, a mayor denying that, but this guy specifically said that one of the reasons why he was going after cops is the same reason why ISIS said to go after cops, because they're not, they're not um, law enforcement officers, according to the laws of Sharia. Mm -hmm. That's what this is about. And what it's really all about is not even about these three additional guys who might be a part of this group. Because it doesn't matter whether the group is called ISIS or whether it's called Al-Qaeda or whatever it is. What it's really about is it's about Islam. And now we find out, speaking of ISIS though, um, they've, I guess, got a manual that they're putting out. That And I guess they're distributing this manual at their 24-7 help desk. Did you know they had a help desk, Todd? No. Yeah, you need any help. Waging your jihad with us, ISIS. Come to our help desk, 24th True Story.
0: It's like the Geek Squad.
2: Yeah, exactly. So they're putting out a manual that instructs jihadis, particularly in the West, how to look and act like a Christian. And I thought, oh, perfect cover, isn't it, Todd? Because, you know, they're always trying to say that it's the Christians and the conservatives. They're the hateful terrorists. So, you know, remember when Obama on the National Day uh, of Prayer Breakfast, what did he do? He got up and he bad Christians. It was practically Easter. Always an attack on Christians. So they're instructing their people to shave their beards, wear crosses, go into bars, which is exactly what the people in Paris did. That's what those terrorists did in Paris. Not the ones who shot up Charlie Hebdo. No. Um, It was more refugees that were brought into Paris after Charlie Hebdo. Because, you know, Paris and France and Europe are all still Mind-numbingly attached emotionally to the stupidity that is multiculturalism. Even after 130 people were killed over there, they're still bringing in more refugees. We come back. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to pick this up on the other side. We're going to continue to talk about radical Islam and what I hope the Republican Party is going to say about it. We're going to talk about a couple things about Hollywood. We're going to talk about El Chapo. We're going to talk about the Golden Globes we got more to talk about here on The Andrea K. Show. So stay with me, folks. More on the other side of the break.
1: Want more Andrea K.? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And like her Facebook page at Andrea K., spelled K-A-Y-E. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero
3: Mexican food. We get it too.
0: Do you struggle with the day to day management of your business?
1: You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
2: Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. That's another good Bowie song. I had forgotten how much of his music I liked. Especially like anything with low... I like a good rhythm. I like a smooth groove. Y'all know what kind of music I like. Um, speaking of the entertainment industry... I don't even know if I should be talking about this story, but you know, I I have a feeling we're going to be talking more about it. And it's that dopey Sean Penn. I wasn't sure I was going to talk about it tonight or not because I really didn't want to give media attention to that kind of a fool who decides to cozy up to people like El Chapo. And you know, Sean Penn likes to likes to credit himself for being one of the world's biggest humanitarians he did spend a lot of time in Haiti but I saw a documentary about it and you know other than sitting around smoking cigarettes you know with a scowl on his face trying to look like he you know had some sincerity I'm not really sure exactly what you know I think his time in Haiti kind of looked a little bit like Obama's speech is going to look tomorrow night like I'm gonna try to pretend like there's a lot of success going on here, kind of like Brad Pitt with his with his uh, Katrina post Katrina homes. You know, I went down to I went down to New Orleans a few years after Katrina. There was like two built, and they cost like a million dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. Like who in who in the Ninth Ward, okay, <laughs> can afford a million for a home? I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. But I'm thinking that we might end up talking about this down the road because just like he cozied up to Hugo Chavez, just like Jay-Z and Beyonce and all the rest of them love to go down. I even saw, as I was flicking through the channels the other day, um, Anthony Bourdain, I think is his name, down in communist Cuba. You know, they just you know, they just are in love with these despots and they're in love with that mindset and that ideology. And, and I don't know how many of them are true, but I heard an interview with Ed Asner one time who said that the problem with communism wasn't the concept. It's just that the right people hadn't implemented it yet. And I really believe that that's what so many of the liberals, where they're at, they actually believe in the fantasy of the utopia that you can completely eliminate any crime that you can have the government control everybody's lives and everybody's life will be rich, rich economically, rich socially, that you, rich medically. In every possible way, it's complete fantasy because what you end up having is you end up having communist Cuba. And I'm without a doubt that Sean Penn went to do this documentary on this evil man who left Mexico covered with decapitated bodies, that somehow it's an anti-American documentary that we're, that he's going to be putting out there somehow, some way it's got to be. Um, the golden globes todd did you watch the golden globes
0: no but i heard something interesting about it, which movie won comedy
2: oh what was that
0: the, someone told me that the martian won best comedy
2: was that wasn't that the movie about matt damon where yeah. he's up in it was kind of like the space version of castaway yeah how did that win best comedy I, I, well i, I didn't know. see it i gotta i gotta be honest I, I didn't see it
0: i guess ridley scott was the guy who wrote it or something he went up to get the word and he was kind of like uh this wasn't really a comedy
2: well, you know what? That it, maybe, maybe they did that as a nasty joke. You know, <laughs> I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I didn't see. I'm really out of the loop. I'm loopless when it comes to the entertainment industry these days. Because, you know, let me read you a list, Todd, of some of the movies that were nominated: Room, Carol, Joy, Youth, Spy. We're nominated for a variety. If not. I'm looking at this because I, I went on America trends earlier and they asked me to do some research on the golden globes, which I didn't watch. And I'm doing this and I'm like, what? I mean, it, is this lack of budget or lack of creativity with these one word names? Because you know what? If you're not, if you can't inspire me with the name of your movie, you know, it's kind of like if I, if I start to read a book, if I can't get through the first chapter I'm not going to keep trying. You know, I mean, really, that's what you give me, room? I mean, what's (laughs) next, cat? Shoe? Really? This is what Hollywood is putting out these days. Now, I I heard that Joy is a good movie. It's based on the woman from QVC or whatever, but... I mean, maybe it's a good movie, but, I mean, do I really want to watch a movie about a woman who makes hangers? I mean, I use her hangers. They're good hangers. They should have
0: made a movie about the lady, the Quacker Barrels lady that did all the bedazzled. Remember that remember
2: her yeah i do remember that i'd watch a movie about her (laughs) i'm not sure you want to admit that todd (laughs) she was fascinating yeah um you know somebody said yesterday you know why what on twitter one of my twitter followers said why would i watch a movie about a bunch of self-absorbed jerks who have no sense of reality and it's so true we have a new j-lo in in Hollywood, but not J-Lo in terms of Lopez. We've got J-Lo in terms of J-L-O-W, okay? Jennifer Lawrence could not be any lower. She could not have proven that tweet any more correct than what she did. And this wasn't even uh, about her movie. This was not even as part of the award ceremony itself. But I guess she, I don't know if she won an award or whatever, but she was in the press room afterwards and she proceeds to scold a reporter because he's looking at his phone. And she proceeds to lecture him and tell him uh, something. She says something to him like, dude, you can't live your life on your phone. Okay. You need to live in the now. It's like, are you kidding me? You pampered, prissy, overpaid person. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, Who do you think you are to be lecturing somebody? She probably makes she probably makes more money in a week than that dude will make in ten years, and she's belittling him because he looked down at her phone as though she's so amazing that she he's got to be like raptured to every stupid insipid word that comes out of her mouth. I mean, I think she's a good actress. I thought Winter's Bone was incredible. I thought she was phenomenal in that. I thought she was really good in Hunger Games. But come on, people. You know, these are the people that want to lecture us about income inequality, okay? When she's when she makes 20 million a year, but she's having her makeup done by a gal who's probably got a hitchhike or ride the bus back to Compton, okay, and have to walk through a neighborhood as dangerous as New Year's Eve being surrounded by Syrian refugees. And and but this is this is the mindset in Hollywood. I put it out there that I didn't know if 13 Hours was going to win any nominations. I know that it hadn't been released yet, but I thought sometimes what the major motion pictures will do is they'll do a limited small release around the holidays so that they can make nomination times. And um, But I, I doubt anybody's... That may be the only movie I'll go see. I ain't going to go see you know, Carol. I don't even know what the heck that's about. There, I did see on the internet, though, there was a couple of funny comments i mean ricky gervais i mean he has the capacity to be funny speaking of jennifer lawrence i did like how he said that uh, the working class folks were responding to her campaign for the cause of wage inequality he said there were march he says he was sure there were marches in the streets with nurses and factory workers saying how in the hell can a 25 year old live on 52 million so hat tip for him for that Although it, it would have really been a better joke if he had busted the entire industry for being exactly what I just talked about. They love to talk about income inequality when the cameraman is making 10 an hour and they're making 10 mil a pitcher. So anyway, enough about the gold. There was a
0: funny exchange between Mel Gibson and Ricky Gervais.
2: What? They let Mel Gibson up on stage? Yeah. After some of the things that he said over the years? Yeah. What was the funny exchange? What was that about? Well,
0: uh, Ricky Gervais, you know, introduced him onto stage and and he said something about, you know, three years ago, I'd said, and he, he mentioned some joke he, he said three years ago about Mel Gibson and he brought him out. And uh, Mel Gibson said something like, uh, you know, it's good to see Ricky Gervais every three years. It reminds me I need a colonoscopy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a good one. That's actually really good. Mel Gibson made that joke? Yeah. Who knew he was funny? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, he's always playing these like angry guys. And he certainly gets pulled over and punches people out and goes into nasty, <laughs> angry tirades. Hat tip to him for having a sense of humor. And you know what? Hat t- here's what I did see. Hat tip to Stallone, okay? Because Stallone, he may look like he's 141 years old with his face melting off of him from <laughs> from all the bad work he's had done. But he is still working rocky all the way to the bank and all the way up on stage to get awards because he won an award for Creed, which if you remember the character Apollo Creed in one of Rocky, I don't know if it was Rocky 22 or which Rocky it was.
0: I I think he was in the Rocky one is who he fought Apollo Creed. And then I never saw the
2: original Rocky.
0: I think Rocky three Apollo Creed gets killed by the Russian guy.
2: Oh, what was his name? Was that Dolph Lundgren? It
0: was Dolph Lundgren. See, that but was I, a
2: really good rock.
0: Yeah, that was a good one.
2: That was also with that crazy woman that Stallone ended up marrying, right? The one who was like nine feet tall with no hair. What was her name? Oh, was she very short no. hair.
0: I forget her name. Yeah. Oh, she was a know, Bond lady too, wasn't she?
2: I don't know. If she was a Bond lady, but I do remember that she went on the reality show and she got hooked up with Flava Flame. Oh, oh, yeah. She was Red Sonia,
0: wasn't she? Yeah. <laughs> right. right. I forget her real name, though. We got to
2: yeah. Google her on the break. We're going to take a break. We come back. I know I'm a little early for a break, but I want to collect myself and get back into some seriousness as we carry on with the show. This is the Andrea K Show right here on AM
3: 1170, The Answer.
1: Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E.
2: Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help.
1: you're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM
3: 1170, The Answer.
2: Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. We're on the home stretch. Got about 15 minutes left here on The Andrea K Show. One of the things tomorrow is the final. Ooh, that feels so good to say that. It is the final State of the Union address from Obama. Show of hands how many people are really looking forward to not having to see that narcissistic person, to put it politely. I, I'm, when, am I ever, when am I going to be completely done? Yay! Ooh, I cannot wait until we are, are not forced to suffer any more from him. Somehow they're going to continue to try to force him on us. I mean, I predict talk shows, reality yeah. shows.
0: Can you imagine when he's not the president all the stuff he's going to be doing? He'll be doing Saturday Night Live, he'll Ugh. do guest appearance on this, he'll do movies.
2: Well, as long as he sticks to like Saturday Night Live and like Ellen, because I don't watch either of those shows, I'm good. And I don't watch like the Today Show, Good Morning America either. So as long as he stays away from pretty much my news channels that i watch and homeland as long as he never goes on an episode of homeland
0: i predict him doing an album with (laughs) (laughs) jay-z
2: probably oh you know what that's a good point because we know for sure one of the things he's going to do he has been the great divider not uniter it's his last state of the union address he's got to do as much as he can to divide us he has got to do as much as he can to tick off every conservative in the room he is going to sling as much mud as he can And one of the ways he's going to do, you know, I was talking earlier about um, the Philadelphia cop shooting. Even if you don't believe that it had anything to do with Islam, one of the things it could have something to do with in terms of being attacks on the police officers is the fact that we've got a war. We have had, speaking of division, not only has Barack Obama sought to divide us as much as possible by race and by gender and by economic status, by age but he's also literally waged a war on our police departments so even if you don't believe that it was even if i can't imagine i have any listener out there that that doesn't get the war that's being waged against us by radical islam but it might actually be a combination that plus the fact that we have had since he first took office remember that police officer in boston that Barack Obama literally accused of racism and come to find out it was a good arrest. This police officer in Boston made a good arrest on on some Harvard professor. And before, before Obama knew anything about it, he ended up having to have the beer summit. Yeah. If I had been that cop, there ain't no way I would have gone to the White House. But at that point, I think a lot of people really didn't really know the deal yet on, on Obama. They wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt that he really was not that racist divider that he is, but he's going to do everything he can tomorrow night to continue to try to divide and particularly among race. So that's something that I'm not looking forward to, to seeing tomorrow and suffering through, but I will be reporting on that on tomorrow night show. Um, let's see. What else did I want to talk about here? There was another attack. I, earlier I was talking about Paris Um, I failed to mention in talking about that that that, um, last week there was another attack in Paris or an attempt of an attack on the the one-year-to-the-minute anniversary of the Charlie Hebdo. I mentioned Charlie Hebdo earlier. I failed to get into the fact that there actually was another attack on its anniversary last week. Favorite tactic of the Islamists and the terrorists to attack on anniversaries. That's why, another reason why, It's so absolutely egregious that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, we know, I've been reporting for two weeks now, we know that it was a gun-running operation going bad. I've been reporting on that for years. We have known now, it's been even admitted to by Hillary Clinton, that they lied about the video. And now we know there was an email that there were rescue crews ready and able and willing and wanting to go and save Americans. And they were told to stand down. Will she ever be held to account? That's really the question. Um, so Charlie Hebdo, it's a one year anniversary to the minute. And this guy goes in to the police headquarters, I guess he's got a picture of an ISIS flag. He's got a fake suicide vest on. He's got something, something written in Arabic. And the French authorities are doing just like Philly and saying they're not sure really what the motivation was. They finally, willing to admit that this was a refugee huh, from uh, Syria or somewhere, the guy had seven false IDs. He was living in a German refugee camp because he had previously been in France and had been arrested multiple times in France. People need to wake up. But what was it that John Kerry said about the Charlie Hebdo attacks? He said, well, you know, after the 130 were killed, he said, well, you know, you could kind of understand the Hebdo situation. I mean, they did do a a cartoon, right? I didn't have a chance to um, talk about the gun control, the town hall meeting that Obama did last week. I actually thought that Taya Kyle did a good job of addressing Barack Obama. One of the things that I learned in that town hall meeting, and I'm, I'm going to be watching the debate Thursday night very closely. For them to complete the transformation on us, their goal is complete and total gun confiscation at some point. Taya Kyle brought out a good point. She said, and did you know this, Todd, that gun crimes are actually at the lowest they've been in many years while gun ownership is at the highest. I thought that was interesting. You know, maybe one of the ways that the Republican Party, if we were talking earlier about persuasion and having persuadable arguments, the left, one of the ways that the left is so persuasive is not only do they wordsmith the issues better than we do, they play on emotions better than we do. And just like Barack Obama with his phony tears last week, oh, if I could just save one child's life. Well, really, if you want to save just one person's life, you would be taking up Trump's position and you'd be stopping. There'd be no person coming here on a visa right now. None. Because we don't know who's here on, on, on visas from any country. We don't know how many people are here. We don't know who came here on a legitimate visa and has now overstayed their visa. We don't know who's coming in under the borders. You don't care about saving any child's life. And what we need to do as a Republican Party and what I'm hoping they're gonna do better Thursday and going forward is playing on the emotions more. Why aren't we as the Republicans playing on the emotions more? For example, we talked about the anniversary of Charlie Hebdo. We're talking about the anniversary of Benghazi. Why is it that Fox and and other conservative media outlets have bought into the notion that they can't show on the anniversary of 9-11 people jumping from the Twin Towers? The Republican Party, you want to win, you will start And I'm not saying to play on emotions for the purpose of manipulating, but for for the purpose of people understanding the very serious threat that we face. One of the shows that I went on earlier today was called Tipping Point. And I loved, you know, I really hadn't watched the show that much, but I love the idea and I love the open because, you know, there are a lot of tipping points that happen in societies. There's tipping points to the good, to where society will finally get fed up with something and they'll decide to do something. solve a problem but there's also tipping points towards something bad and it got me thinking and i don't really know that i have the answer right now so i'm kind of wanting to put it out there as i'm thinking off the top of my head to you guys out there Are we at a tipping point for the good right now? I was so kind of energized by today. I had a great day and I got to pondering tipping points and I got to thinking, I I started feeling really optimistic. Tomorrow's Obama's last State of the Union address. Yay. We've got some outsiders running who I believe genuinely want to take this country back and start doing the right thing for Americans. Yay. Are we at a tipping point for good with the presidential candidates we have? Should we be optimistic that we're at that tipping point? Or do we look at at the little tipping points that we've had all along the way that the American people ignored and allowed the American culture to be attacked and undermined? For example, the tipping point of Benghazi, or even where Obama comes out, obviously lies, they they do the cover-up, and the most egregious part, one of the most egregious parts to me, And what I saw as a tipping point for bad was when he went to the UN and said, the future does not belong to those who would slander the prophet. That was such a tipping point for me because that's when I thought I knew that any hope that I had that he might genuinely not genuinely love America. And maybe he was a progressive and just disagreed with with me in terms of how to get, you know, I, I thought we were liberals and conservatives might disagree, but we both want the same result. That was when I realized really what the transformation was all about and really what he was trying to do to us. I saw that as a major tipping point and for the American people to reelect him on the heels of that, I saw that as a really bad tipping point for America. I saw it as, as the 2012 elections as a tipping point for bad because we're approaching that when we get 51% taking and 50% making, we're dead. I don't really think we're at that tipping point yet. A lot of people thought we were. So I'm curious, and I'm going to put it out there to you guys on Facebook and Twitter. What tipping point, are we at a tipping point right now for good to where Americans are fed up? Americans are ready to take this country back. We've got some right people that can do it. If we'll just help them and help ourselves as a party articulate and persuade our positions better. Or are we past the tipping point and it's too late? What do you guys think? What do you think, Todd? Do you have an opinion on that?
0: No, I don't. I'm, I'm just looking at funny sound words.
3: <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh-huh.
2: Um, Sorry. <laughs> all right. That's okay. I'm actually going to stay optimistic. I'm going to stay optimistic right now for a couple of reasons because I do think that Americans are fed up. Um, I, I think that, Americans are energized. I think they're paying attention. I think that we have the benefit with so much media right now for people to see the truth, even though the left, you know, after the 600 women were attacked over there, the media did everything they could to hide it. But you've got people like Pamela Geller. You've got people like independent. You've got people like Sean Hannity, Dr. Gina. We've got so many people that are trying to get the word out there. And I think the American people are scared and angry. They're scared and angry. And Trump's tapped into it. Um So I'm looking right now as though the tipping point is for the good. Um, Let me see if I can read a couple of comments right here off of Facebook because I'm kind of curious. What's the score of the game, Todd? Can you look that up for me? Tonight we had, for those of you... Who, yes, it's Alabama and Clemson playing in the national championship game. Many of you would be like, why do you care, Andrea? Why would you want Alabama to win? Because Alabama's an SEC school. Okay, Southeastern Conference. Okay. And first, it, yes, I'm all about my Tigers, but I'm also about the SEC. What happened?
0: Uh, the game is actually still going on, but uh, Alabama's up by 10 points with only four minutes left to go.
2: Alabama's up by 10.
0: Actually, it looks like Clemson just scored. It's 33 <gasps> to 38 with four minutes to go.
2: All right, 33 to 38, Bama, with four minutes to go. All right, sounds like a good team. It sounds like a good game. Um, let me see. I've got this screen on. I wanted to read a couple of comments here. I saved a couple of minutes specifically to read out some tweets, and now I can't see. Oh, um, Doug Kaiser says, fake tears, fake facts, fake president. Charles Burton says the CIA operatives were the ones who were told to stand down and they said they received that order three times. I did not hear that they received that order uh, three times. Um, why? Why do we have, the Republican Party could have at any point in the past two years over Benghazi, over Fast and Furious, over this email situation with Hillary, they could have ordered for a special prosecutor. Why haven't they? I don't know. Some people think that Trump actually will be the one who would hold people accountable. If I was monitoring or mediating or what are you moderating the debate on Thursday night, that would be a question. That's a question that I have the Republican Party going forward. Which one of you is going to hold these people accountable at some point? I'm going to be here tomorrow trying to hold people accountable, including President Obama. We're going to be talking about his State of the Union address. Follow me on Twitter at Show. Friend me here on Facebook. Love you all. Have a great night.
1: This program on AM
3: 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. See you then.